You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. I'm Hugh Fort. I'm Rachel Nemeth. And I'm Tom Canning. And welcome to episode 117 of the Real Reading Podcast. Like us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and search for Real Reading Podcast Group to come and find us on Facebook. Um, did you miss us last week? No? No. No one. No one I missed you guys. Yeah, I missed, I missed you guys. Um, <laughs> anyway, we're back this week. Uh, this week's pod has a bit of a week before the week before Christmas feel about it as in we're all running around trying to make sure we're ready for Christmas or ready for the podcast or ready for a Christmassy podcast next week which um, hopefully all being well will will come off um, I think it's highly unlikely that we will be able to do the in-person recording that we were kind of hoping to do so it's back to the good old Google Hangout uh, as we currently are and I see all the nice little faces of you two. Um, I think I've seen Hugh once since March and Rach I've not seen you at all since the first lockdown. In, no, in not person. physically. No. no. I think I bumped into you in the village didn't I Rach? Outside our shop I saw you. you oh gosh. Shit. Was that, that might have been before. Was it? <laughs> Yeah, I think it was because I would, we would have been getting fish and chips to take to my mum and dad's, which we haven't been oh, allowed yeah. to do for ages. For ages, yeah. So, time, time is now immaterial, isn't it? It's yeah. Big Groundhog Day. Yes. You get out of bed, you sit at your desk mere metres from where you slept, yeah. and yep. you go to work, and then you finish, and then you go back to bed mere metres from where you worked and repeat until the end of time <laughs> sorry that's bleak isn't it but it was a bit i was trying to, i was going to say that it has a few little benefits that you know um i'm trying to think now uh... <laughs> i do enjoy not sitting in traffic oh. in reading for 45 minutes after work on a yeah. late shift no commuting no. you can do the little chores during the day that you might not have time to like put the washing on so yeah. something less you've got to do at the weekend. I know, I'm clutching at straws. <laughs> I'm trying to cheer you up, Tom. Think of, Thanks. Think of a few positives. <laughs> I, I, it has occurred to me, I re, I know Hughes just said he doesn't like, the, you know, not sitting in traffic in the commute, but I've, I, I long for the commute. I like because I, I tend to walk. I tend to walk into the office, so it's forty minutes listening to a podcast or, or something. And I, I, I that's my Christmas wish. A commute. That's tragic, isn't it? Nice. Is, is there a more tragic Christmas wish than, than it's I a want? Christmas for Lynette, though, isn't it? If that's all it, she's got to get, is download your podcast and send you out for a walk. It is. It is. And I don't know how. I don't know how she's going to achieve that. You know, she's 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 pretty she's pretty excellent at many things, but I think probably um, fighting off a pandemic that has crippled the world for the best part of a year, probably beyond her. Although she may, she might refuse that. To the office, turn around, 
come back, <laughs> sit back in your spare room. <laughs> yeah, but without the, the without the sort of eight hours of scintillating, converse, scintillating conversation with you in between, which well, really is the whole point of everything. Well, absolutely, yeah. Although just I that. could just listen to our podcasts back from two and a half years ago. It's just not the same without uh, via IM, is it? It's, uh, no. You, you lose the you lose the subtle context and the, the tone that I bring to every every conversation. The, the eye roll, the subtle eye roll, the the the, the, the little sighs here and there, the exasperated look, the all of that. So and the trips out to the food market and yes, the food market. which we never go to. We never no, go to the food never. market. We no, just no, 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 no. what is this food market you speak of? <laughs> I've only heard of it in legend yeah. from you guys. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. Um, so you might notice that we are, is this filler? No, I don't think this, I think this is quality award-winning conversation. Um, we're giving Indie Corner a little break this week just because of, you know, time and sorting these things out. Um, but we did want to just bring up, so, uh, you know, one of Reading's favourite sons is uh, Mr. Ricky Gervais. I don't know if you've heard of uh, Ricky Gervais at all, guys. Oh, vaguely. What is he, actor or? Actor, comedian, singer, songwriter. <laughs> um, he's quite famous. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a, a man of many. He, he is. One thing that strikes me as odd, oh yeah, is obviously Reading's favourite daughter is, of course, Kate Winslet. Um, there is a Winslet place. Is there a Where Gervais is... name? Gervais place. No. A Gervais place. Is there a, you know, why, why, why does... Why does Ayrton Senna get one and Ricky yeah. doesn't? I think this is in true. your next council meeting, Hugh, this needs mm. to be posed. Yeah, so Ricky Gervais has been, um, there's, there's been some pictures gone out. I think they were, was it in the Daily Express? Um, we have to talk nicely about the Daily Express because our parent company owns the Daily Express. So, uh, But there's, there were some pictures of Ricky uh, in the Daily Express and he looks, it's very um, it's very 80s. Have you, have you seen these photos? It's very, um, you can see it's him. It's very fresh-faced, isn't yes. it? Yes, Very handsome of the 80s look. Yes, he, he does it very well, doesn't he? Mm, um, he does. According to the report, uh, Ricky said um, his first love was science, learning and having a laugh, uh, but his focuses later became dominated by music. He bought his first guitar at age 14, but struggled to play because of his soft hands. Now, I've never played a guitar, and I can't. Hugh, I know you have experience playing a bit of a guitar, don't you? I have a guitar. I have. <laughs> it doesn't mean you can play it, though. I am trying to very slowly learn to play the guitar. Um, right. My brother is a guitar teacher. Um, okay. And he, he, the idea is he's going to give me some lessons, which, which uh, I expect may, may only last for a, a few minutes before one of us gets enraged with the other, <laughs> and, and it'll be done via Zoom as well. So... Um, but uh, yeah, lockdown not the ideal opportunity to attempt that, Hugh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just just checking. Yeah, my guitar was in a box under the bed until last week. So. Uh, oh. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a valid reason not to have done it. It's, it's yeah. now the living room amped up, and I I do at least like looking at it because it's very beautiful. <laughs> that's step one. <laughs> it's a bit like having a classic car. You go into the garage example. every now and then, and I uh, think I'm not going to drive it. Uh, I think um, just on on the side of Heath and Watkins, there's a sort of a uh, a big sort of open area, sort of shed slash garage kind of place where people can walk around and 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 purchase goods. I'm thinking, you know, sort of gig in the shed, Hugh. 
like you Studio. Just, yeah, yeah you sitting on an upturned couple of pallets previously where there was some compost or something like that just uh, one, like sort of one one knee up just just plinking away like standing on the on the on oh. the on the pallets like brian may on top of buckingham palace <laughs> um would be um or slash outside that infamous church yes in, uh, you your hair yes you, you will yeah i could do the brian, brian may i reckon though i think I you, there's I potential do, do the there gray, with those curls the gray head gray head long perm yeah <laughs> um let's go back let's, to <laughs> let's just finish this off so so ricky uh in the 80s was part of a synth pop group with his friend bill mccray um when the two of them were studying at a university college london their two-piece was called and i hope i pronounce this correctly i want to say sona or shona s-e-o-n-a so i'm gonna go with sona i think um, or Siona, I don't know. Uh, Siona dancing. Ricky was in charge of singing while Mr. McRae played the keyboard. They recorded a 16-track demo and they were signed by London Records. Um, he said uh, they re they released two singles, Bitter Heart and More to Lose, but they were unable to break through. Mr. Gervais said um, any success they had at the time was beginner's luck and they only performed live once at Camden Palace, which was quite When you consider the success that the man has had now, isn't it? Camden Palace is quite a big... I'd, I, I'd imagine so. Venue. It's the Coco Club now. Yes, that's what it says. That is exactly what it says. Yeah. Um, so, you know, considering the success he's had now, multiple award-winning TV shows and all that kind of thing, that's um, the fact that that didn't quite work out. But, of course, he still writes songs and performs songs, particularly as as his alter ego, David Brent. Um, there's a couple of <laughs> couple of excellent songs and a very famous one, one of which I believe is now the backing to a comparing insurance ad um free i think it's free love on the free love freeway or something like that and that uh, that's that's the that was from that was from the office and then he's got another one which i really love which is uh, called slough uh which i know uh new new to berkshire live sophie drew has fact checked the song uh which you can find somewhere on the berkshire live website it's rather excellent and in fact ricky retweeted it uh which i think is um uh, the ultimate seal of approval. So did, yeah, he did. And so his next natural next step is to be a guest on our podcast. Yes, right? oh, that'll yeah, be, that'll be in the new year. Yeah. If Ricky was a, a guest on this podcast, what would you ask him? I have a very specific agenda here. So, what would you ask him? Why would he move away from Reading? Did he ever well, go to Utopia? So much. <laughs> 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 Will he buy the After Dark? <laughs> um my very specific question would be why did you not film cemetery junction in cemetery junction it would be a whole lot better film for it only for the people who really lived around cemetery junction but it would be you know that would have been much better you know in palmer park couldn't you yeah the, uh... yeah why not why not up the junction would feature the cemetery you could have the actual cemetery so yeah. okay yeah. Let's uh, We're going to watch the Office Christmas special tonight. We've already earmarked that. Oh, yeah, makes me cry every time. Oh, but in a nice way. Dawn and Tim. Oh. Yeah. Don't and then my my, my favourite bit of the Office is when um he he does some charity work and he he dresses up in that um in like the uh, ostrich outfit where his feet are the ostrich's legs <laughs> and then. Uh, he has, he's in the local paper and he's really excited about it. And then the photographer turns up and it's, it's getting dark. And he has his picture taken looking really tragic. 
and then it doesn't make it into the paper because, because it was too dark. I think that's how it goes. But it it reminded me a lot of, of a lot of photo jobs of old I've been to. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, if anybody has any Ricky Gervais based uh, information on his on his on his youth in Reading, growing up in Reading, we'd love to hear from you. I wonder if any of our listeners have known or or, or uh, were aware of Mr. Gervais when he was when he was growing up around Reading. That would be really interesting to hear. Are there, there must sto- be people who went to school with him. Yeah. He went to are, are there... And that school doesn't exist anymore, but um, he he was at Ashmead. Are there Hugh Fort style Ricky Whittle stories um, going on? Two of the most famous people come from this area, both called Ricky. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Yes. Yes. More to the point, you know, if you went to school with Kate Winslet or Natalie Dormer, we'd love to hear from you as well so here's jeremy with how you well, she went to my school natalie she dormer she, did. she was younger than me as most people are <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's i don't remember her at all but then she wasn't famous then so there's no reason i would here's jeremy with how you can get in touch with us get in touch with the team email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk find us on twitter and instagram at realreadingpod and join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast. Thank you, Jeremy. It's time to have a look at today's headlines. And we have um, a little bit of breaking news. It's less discussion, more, I don't know, information. Hugh, you've got some um, information. You are swimming against the tide, or are you... Um, and I'm going with the flow. You're going with the flow. Okay, does this mean there's going to be flumes? Uh, no or is it just? No. Or are you, oh, oh, hang on. Here we go. Are you in at the deep end? I, I am at the deep end because you haven't put the link in our script, so I just need to uh, I need to find it. <laughs> you didn't give me the link. I thought you were going to read the. We talked to listener. We talked about this before the episode started recording, and Hugh was going to read you some information. I've got the information here. Okay. Um, what is it? I. This is um, the ongoing saga that is the swimming pools in Reading. Uh, as we know, when we've discussed them at length, uh, the Arthur Hill swimming pool closed to great controversy and the Reading Central pool closed to less controversy. Um, replacements at the time, nil. Um, so Reading lost two pools and gained no pools. Um, that was uh, the Arthur Hill pool closed in 2016. Um, the Central pool closed in 2018. And since then, there's been a fairly slow-running saga over building new pools. Um, the council, Reading Council, has always said that they would build the pools at Palmer Park in Woking Road at one end of Reading and Rivermead Leisure Centre in Richfield Avenue at the other end of Reading. Um, this week, planning applications for those two centres um, have been submitted, um, moving this along very nicely a big quite a big move in this saga a lot of people were very skeptical about that it would leave it would be delayed and delayed and delayed and then you wouldn't get one or the other or any new pools or anything um the plans have been submitted um rivermead would be a 25 meter eight lane competition pool with a movable floor and 300 spectator seats it would also have a diving pool um, splash pads and then away from swimming a six court sports hall with 250 seats 120 station gym with studios and a cafe and soft play center as well and the idea is eventually this would get built while rivermead 
continues to operate and then when it's ready uh rivermead would um if then close and then um be um be removed if you like um so this is a replacement for a rivermead in the long term uh palmer park's also 25 meters um it's just got a gym as well a smaller gym 100 station um gym and so a kid a kid zone as well and it also has a cafe and things like that so they're they're, they're basically leisure basically leisure centers i'd say rather than just uh, individual swimming pools which is um i guess what would what you would want um rather than somewhere just like arthur hill which was just which was just a swimming pool um and these are sort of modern going to be modern modern facilities to replace these older older ones which we've had before uh the council hopes that they'll come to planning in march get given planning permission and there's no kind of time scale yet about when they could be built but if you go by um how quickly the one at bullmersh went up which is in wokingham but very near reading um that only took about i think maybe 18 months to build very quick it was it was uh designed given permission then built in the same time that reading has been talking about um new pools so these things don't take massively long to put up now so obviously covid covid is a factor and all that sort of stuff still and so you think it probably take a bit longer than it would normally but this is a big move in terms of getting these facilities that people have been demanding since the closure of the old facilities and hope hopefully everyone will be hoping this is, it's a smooth transition which won't go which will not there won't be any problems or delays and we could have some new swimming pools within the next two years potentially good plan permission in march work starts next year 2023 maybe opening i'm guessing um but it, it's not a massive project to build a legislator compared to a housing estate or something like that so um hopefully in the not too distant future we'll have some pretty decent swimming facilities um and to end this what has been a bit of a saga what does that mean is, is there anything in there about what that means for facilities at palmer park do, do, I, I mean i presume the building there the the, the track the the sports pitches and stuff do, does what does that mean for them is there anything anything on that or is it just at the moment this is all we know uh that's all i know i would guess it would be in addition to everything that's there as well i can't imagine if they build over the running track um, i'm pretty sure there's enough space at palmer park to build build something and keep everything else that's there as well um there's nothing to suggest it would, would replace uh, anything there um but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Okay. And Rivermead will stay open whilst they do yeah, it. Yeah, so Rivermead will be open. With the, the pop-up um, The new centre is going to be built on the part of the car park in um, in Rivermead if it gets permission. Um, the pop-up pool there will stay as well, um, but eventually Rivermead itself will be removed um, once, but not until it's done, built and it's open, okay. according to the council spokeswoman I spoke to. Do you remember how cool Rivermead looked when it was built? Was it like in the eighties or something? Was it? No, no. Was it within my lifetime? It was. But do you not remember thinking that like a lime, what is it, like a minty green <laughs> and red facade? Just, I mean, that was cool. Not so much now, thirty years later, but. 
I I was completely unaware of Rivermead until until the last sort of ten years when I moved over this way, and I've always thought it looked odd. And they've done they've you know they've 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 done their best to polish it, but it still looks odd. (laughs) There's a phrase in there. Yeah, (laughs) old fashioned. Yeah, old fashioned. That is. But it wasn't thirty years ago. That's my point. Yeah, it was very cool. It's funny how buildings, buildings of 30, 40 years ago all look terrible now, but buildings from sort of 100 years ago are sort of still kind of grand and sort of historic looking, whereas there's no love for 1960s or 70s architecture whatsoever and everyone wants to knock it down and replace it. It's not that, isn't it? That is an era that people, yeah. will, not, people will not remember fondly because I think it's just a lot of concrete. Build it quickly. Yeah. As uh, as uh, someone who grew up in a concrete jungle built in the 1960s, um, as soon as they knocked it, it was a delight when they started knocking it down. Um, I walked up to Bracknell Town Centre with my mum yesterday, and um, it was oh, it's something. It's, it's like something out of the future. Um, they're just I don't I don't know what they were doing in the in the sixties. They just was like concrete, concrete everything. <laughs> it's a bit odd though, isn't it? When you go to the lexicon, you can go to one end of it and then yeah. you walk, you take a step, and you're back into the little bit of old Bracknell that's yeah. left. Yeah. And it's, it's it's like walking back in time uh, by the old council office, which is just a big concrete block, yeah. which eventually I think eventually is getting knocked down. But yes, yeah, it's, it's an interesting experience going to Bradwell now. Um, second on our list is a big list of empty buildings and what's become of them. Um, Hugh, I think this was you. Is this you? Yeah, this is one of you. So um, I just was hoping you were going to just pick a couple uh, and just let us know what's going. Obviously, we know all about Reading Jail. Um, it's back on the market. Um, but there's, there's a couple in there. Obviously, we talked about the shipping uh, the other week as well. The fact that it's still empty and has been done has been empty for for thirty odd years. But there's a there's a couple in there. I thought you you might be interested in in just talking to us about a little bit. Yeah, the one I'm interested in, and I'm trying to do some digging on for a story, a more detailed story in the future, is the Reading, uh, I always forgot what it's called, the Gasworks Social Club uh, down by the River Kennet. It's near, um, I think it's near Bell and the Dragon, down that sort of way. Um, it's been empty for, I think, at least 20 years. Um, this is a sort of riverside building um, in quite a quite a reasonable location um and that no one's ever really picked up done anything with just sort of closed and then there was plans for flats for it that were given permission but they've never been they've never been built um and it just sort of sort of sits there and i don't know if there's some sort of difficulty with the building or i don't think it's listed or anything like that which complicates things but it's it's generally river stuff by the river Developers sort of have an eye on, and they think mm, luxury riverside flats. Um, <laughs> in this case, not so much. So, I am looking into that to see if anyone's got any idea why this building is is not desirable and what its future might be. Um, but it's quite interesting. When any, any building that's been empty for that long is, uh, you know, it, it becomes more and more difficult for them to develop because it starts to deteriorate. Rach, it does seem strange that there are, in, even in a even in a town like Reading, where it seems there's constant building going on, it does seem strange that there are pockets of building stuff that has just been there for 
for for a long, long for many, many years. Where you used to live um, near Caversham Bridge, there's a isn't there? A, there's sort of an old sort of industrial unit space there. Quite a quite a historic unit along there uh, by where you used to live. Is it Richfield Avenue near Richfield Avenue? Yeah. And there's a couple yeah. of near. It's just behind sort of Drew's Ironmongers that that building, which is also on this list. But it just seems strange. There's there's pockets of space where nothing has ever happened. Well, especially something like this, if this is right on the river, on the Kennet, because that look, I'm looking at the picture and it looks yeah. like it's sort of just behind the Prudential building. Yeah. Um, it is, I always think that we don't make enough of the waterfront that we've got in Reading. And like the Lido, or the Lido, however you say it correctly, <laughs> um, sat empty for, oh God, decades, I think, until... Um, until it was refurbished mm. a few years ago and it's amazing now but I just I don't know why these bit, you know, like, like you said they're always sort of building new flats new offices new this new that and you think but you've got these buildings that are in fab locations why don't you do something with it it's peculiar it, it I bet that's got, it's quite cool inside because it's got big windows and they could probably do something really nice yeah. with it. Crying I wonder why, let's brewery, see if I can track down this developer and uh, who got permission to convert it and see why they never did anything with it. I mean, getting hold of developers is never easy, but um, <laughs> we can we can try. Uh, the other one to talk about is the Bristol and West Arcade yeah. in the Reading Town Centre, which is a really oh, well, that looks impressive. It look, it's a really depressing area of Reading. I always think that it's just it's sort of massive. A, big big unit that's just empty and has been empty forever however there is good news because um plans are afoot to redevelop it um it's again. a company yeah, again yeah it's a company called sonic star properties this time um and they want to they want to sort of revamp it and rebuild it as well as reopening the old cooper's arms pub as well um which is long derelict um in marketplace and is looking looking um looking pretty miserable as well and there's, tom there's that um sports shop as well i yes. forget what it's called that the old there's an old sports shop that's look that's closed as well next to it and you you know on, on the rare occasions we've walked past the food market looking firmly <laughs> forward i thought you'd so never to, been well no, look, sometimes you've got to walk around that way to get to our steps yeah. Ah, bits, okay, yeah. But Fair you know, enough. we walk we walk fast past, past it. it. Yeah. yeah. So we yeah. can go to the health health food shop <laughs> for, for a bit of cucumber. Um, <laughs> In water. Uh yeah, so the, the plan here is it's quite a major revamp for it and um It'd be very good news in that this is just an empty nothing area of town now. Um uh and it's been closed for it. Yeah, it's been closed since two thousand seven, so that's what thirteen years. Pub's been closed since two thousand and thirteen. Um this one uh you'd see new houses at the top, new shops and the revamp of the pub. Um and there's quite a swanky design you can see on our website for it. Uh, and a hotel, sorry, missed that. And a, a hotel as well. It's the main part of that development is a hotel. Um, so this seems to be quite a theme in Reading. There's, there's a few plans for hotels. Um, I hope if they do the Cooper's Arms that they 
do what they always did at Christmas. Did you ever go in there? I've never been in there, no. It was incredible. They used to just hang decorations from every inch of the ceiling. So the whole <laughs> ceiling was just made up of baubles and tinsel and wow. things. It was the most is gaudy, is that the word I'm looking for? It <laughs> but but amazing at the yeah. same time. It was it was really That's cool. cool. Be interesting yeah. to see what what if it, it down the line if it what it becomes. I can't imagine it'd be a, a, a drinking pub in the old style in that location, having failed as a drinking pub in that location before. Might be quite a nice food place. There's quite a few food places and the market yeah. around that area of town. So that'd be my guess, a kind of gastro pub type thing rather than a pub pub. Yeah, so it's unlikely to become a backstreet boozer, is it? Yeah, no. Having no. Um the other one to report or just touch upon quickly is the Caversham Park Manor, which is which has been empty for a couple of years since the BBC left. Um my thoughts on that are simply that must be quite hard to find a buyer for because it's massive old, old mansion with hundreds of acres, with acres and acres of land. Um, it must be very, very expensive and the, the sort of people who want to buy it are very limited, which is probably why it's taking so long to sell. Do you know how much it's on the market for? No, it doesn't say. It'll be lots. It'll be millions and millions and millions. Yeah. All I wanted to say about that one, Hugh, is it's uh, really nice that you've managed to find another picture uh, of Caversham Park uh, to use in the story because it's always the same picture that's used at the top of the story. But in the story itself, there is another nice leafy picture with a lovely yeah. leafy walkway, uh, which is very nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and the last piece, you'll notice uh, it's very much more of a, an OK style headlines today rather than the gritty news sort of news beat that we're usually talking about we were just we didn't want to get too depressed with with too many headlines so um we were just looking at and it's not quite reading it's sort of outer outer reading but it's the story about a a pub that used to be owned and run by a former james bond actor not someone who was james bond we're not talking brosnan or connery uh, or anything quite as uh, quite as exciting as that um but it was a chap who appeared in Jason and the Argonauts. Is that the one with the skeletons and the swords? And the, the, the sort of like owl. Yeah, they're scary. Yeah, um, it's it, was it, and they, and they sort of yeah, like in in ancient Greece. Was that is that the one? Is that Jason? Yeah, and the, the classic Argonauts? is always on at Christmas. Um, yeah, and it's always on channel. It's always on channel five, <laughs> and it's very long. <laughs> that and Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves is a. Oh. Yeah, which we're not complaining about that though. No, 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 no. no, no. Um, and he was also in The Persuaders. This is uh, esteemed British actor Lawrence Naismith. And he used to be the landlord of the Row Barge in Woolhampton. Now, is Woolhampton Reading? I no. don't know. Not quite sure. Anyway, so we're going to squeeze no, it in anyway because it's quite a cool... Sure quite a cool picture but he had quite a quite a long and distinguished career he was in titanic movie was it titanic disaster movie a night to remember um and he was the elderly shipbuilder argus in sword and sandals epic jason and the argonauts which we've already discussed so he's he's, he's quite a quite a can you imagine though just walking into a pub and, then, and behind the bar is um a famous actor would, would he have been famous to people do you think who walked in there would they have known who he was Bit, bit like sort of walking into the nag's head and Jaws is the landlord. Or, or no, oh, not, Richard Keel. Richard Keel, I know you, yes. When they're not in all their outfits and things, is you know, does it... Yeah. The, the, I mean, the, I personally wouldn't recognise him, but 
um, a lot of the films that he did were for, from quite a long time ago, weren't they? Yeah. Sort of the sixties and seventies and things. Um, but wasn't there was another pub in um, Stoke Row, just north of Reading, that oh the cherry tree and it was a famous singer that um who was the landlady of that one i've forgotten who it was now uh, uh um the, uh what's her name um this great red, audio red 80, hair an 80 singer from um, <laughs> yeah she sang that is she from uh, Tapau? is it carol decker carol decker yes. google is my friend Google is my friend. That's yeah. the one. Carol Decker, yeah. Reading Celeb. So, so yeah, that's just another example of where you can walk in for a pint and get served yeah. by a celebrity. Is that pub still there? I know according to Ooh. the story I'm just looking now, looking at now, they've gone. Um, but is the pub still open? The cherry I tree. Think so. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've been there recently. We've got a takeaway okay. from there the other day. Oh, okay. Thai, just Thai food. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm sensing a, a Berkshire Live article of famous former landlord yeah, pubs. Rumor has it that Liz Hurley was used to work behind the bar in the, in the Star in Caversham. I think it's the Star in Caversham, but she's now a co-op. Um, That's at the end of my road. Yeah, she was. I think she either used to go in there, or she used to work in there, or possibly both. But, um, Fantastic. But that, that's the route. She's amazing, Stoke, isn't she? So she's she barely. Oh, she. Oh, I didn't know that. I yeah. Didn't know that. Um, so yeah, that is it's an interesting thing. You know, people with famous people with mundane now less famous jobs, like yeah. you know, the former England midfielder Neil Webb is a postman in Reading. Yes. You know that? I did. Um, is or was, I don't know if he still is, um, as another example. But there probably are a few more, yeah. Um just I guess just to sort of uh just round this little segment off, I was just thinking, um, who would you like to be the landlord of your local pub? Which famous person would you like? The Rock. Brian Blessed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that came from. <laughs> Blessed he would be amazing like a as a landlord. landlord. He looks like yeah. a pub landlord, whereas The Rock does not look like a pub landlord. Oh. He's only in Sunningdale as well. I believe he only oh, lives in Sunningdale. Blessed. Excellent. Oh, stood there with a tanker doing that laugh. He'd do that. He'd definitely <laughs> sing the song while waving his tanker around. He would. He? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I, that, I'm quite. I'm pleased with that. That was yeah. just off off the cuff. Yeah, that's it. That's that's a, my answer. Brian I'm, Blessed, legend. <laughs> See, I'm. I'm st I, I don't know why. I just because we were talking about James Bond. I'm going to stick with Jaws behind the nag's head, behind the bar of the nag's head. But he wouldn't. You wouldn't see his face because he'd be so tall. He'd be. He'd. His. He wouldn't. You wouldn't see him behind the bar. You'd just walk in, and there'd be his shoulders. Like you'd, you'd see the top of the bar and glasses and stuff, and then there'd be his shoulders. And he'd sort of he'd lean down to pull you a pint and he'd look up and he'd sort of go his big teeth like... So you want the actual actor rather than the, the actor act, as well? The actor, yeah, I want, yes, I want him in character all the time. I'll tell you who I'd like. The teeth. I think would be an excellent pub landlord. Um, unfortunately, he's not with the us pub anymore, landlord. Alan Rickman. Oh, what about that? Legend. <laughs> I know we bring it back to a certain film again. I'm actually I'm thinking about him in Die Hard. Um <laughs> Perhaps not as suave as he is in Die Hard, but you, you ask. Well, there's another question: Christmas film or not? Yes, I I think it's it's a a film set at Christmas, and so it could therefore be a Christmas <laughs> film. 
<laughs> I did a quiz with some friends on Saturday and uh, that was one of the questions. Ooh, that's <laughs> Is it a Christmas film? <laughs> yes or no? The, quiz, <laughs> the answer quiz, was quiz. yes. Yeah, a quiz question with no definitive answer that's guaranteed <laughs> yeah. to cause a row. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, there was a bit of muttering when the answers were read out. <laughs> I love Die Hard. I do too. I've only seen it once. What? I well, tell you what, it's a Christmas this is, film. Put it on this, this is, week. This is nothing to do with, it, with anything apart from a recommendation for all our loyal listeners. Last of the Mohicans just come on Netflix. Everyone should watch that film. <laughs> it's so good. Isn't it about four hours long? <laughs> it's, it's a, no, no, it's it's a good two hours, but it's it, it is so good. We I saw it in Scrooged the um, I saw it in the Canon in um, in Friar Street. Was it that one? The old cinema in Friar Street when I was a kid. Next to the old head or whatever it was called. I'll tell you a little family story. I went with my uncle, and I was. I was 12, one of my cousins was 13, and his brother was 11, and that he was, he wanted to see the film as well. So he said to my uncle, now, just just don't say how old he is, because uh, just just, uh, just get him into the film. So my uncle straight away marched up and said, three tickets, please, one adult, one child over 13, one child under 12. And the guy just, <laughs> said, and the guy just said, well, I can't let the under 12 in, it's a 12. And then everyone looked very surprised. My dad, whose brother it is, got very, very cross. <laughs> I'm not surprised. Is this is this famous, almost sort of famous TV personality Matthew Ford? No, it's not. It's, it's my dad's oldest brother, who's somewhat eccentric. Oh, okay, right. <laughs> and also, honest as the day is long, and thought the best course to try to get a child under twelve into a twelve-rated film was to tell the person selling tickets he wasn't old enough to go in. So, uh, <laughs> I'll leave that with you. Uh, okay, <laughs> right. Um, thanks, guys. Um, we're going to talk to Paul Mann briefly now. Um, here we go. The Big Interview Hi, everybody. I am on the line with Paul Mann, who many of you will know as our occasional guest host. Uh, Paul also runs the Elm Park Royals website. Uh, it's Royal, Royals Reading FC fan site, a rather, a rather fine addition to the online world. Hello, Paul. How are you? Not too bad. Not too well. Living in the tier three dream world. Aren't yes. We all are now. <laughs> beautiful yeah, isn't it it's, it's uh it's like a, a, a corner no not corner cove i don't know what corner cove is like an oasis of not kind of corner cove tom that's no, a whole different topic, isn't it <laughs> that's not no that's not that's not where we are um sadly more more to the point um so obviously things that things have changed a little bit since we recorded the podcast on wednesday um we're recording this on the friday when we know that on saturday we'll be going into tier three and i, I just wanted to speak to paul who has for various reasons which he may well have explained to us before may well have not so i'll ask him again um but has kind of been shielding for most of the years been having to look after himself stay clear of all of the rest of us unclean unworthy unwashed um so paul um you know how are you how are you feeling about this change uh, to be honest for me it actually makes it a lower risk and that's the whole point of it isn't it but yeah. the numbers in reading are very high now the highest they've been since they've actually started properly recording them but it's really hard for everyone else isn't it 
the tier three and all the local businesses and people like that there's lots of situations i can't fully understand with supermarkets being open which we need but then there's shops but then you can't go outside and sit in a pub garden you can't go to the football it doesn't all match up to me tommy it seems very confusing and it, is that is that something that you've sort of seen and heard from a lot of people yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm obviously involved uh, with uh, Glenn and Blue Collar, and he's involved in the hospitality world on a consistent <laughs> basis throughout the year. And he's just been so up and down. And you just see businesses like near us. We live quite near to the Moderation Pub, near um, Cavisham Bridge. And it's shutting, it's open, and they do a lot for actually all the local people around here. And the pub industry is not thriving. It's not a world that it's a cash flow. And they're on the edge already. So I can't imagine what it's like to be in the pub industry right now. It's um, it was, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I, I've, I've raged a lot on Twitter, which is never good for your health anyway, particularly. You think, oh, I'll get it out there. And then it's like, no, I just wish I'd kept it to myself. Um, but, you know, I've, I've raged a lot against that. And, and, you know, as you said, looking back at the, um, I think it was it was Tom Kerridge's pub series, which was which was excellent. And I kind of, it, but it kind of ended with his, his COVID, we're all shutting. And actually, I wanted to see the proper end, what, what the end would have been. I wanted to see what would have happened to these pubs. But, it, you know, yeah, the, as you say, the pub industry isn't thriving, but it's something that we all love. And it's open, it's closed, it's open, it's closed. And you've, you've got to feel for all these people that are involved in that industry, especially with the latest what, latest announcement, um, giving them kind of kind of two days notice to to get rid of all the food and all the booze they've brought in for Christmas. It's it's just seems nuts. Yeah, totally. I mean, just imagine being having a running any business of any type and then being told Christmas is cancelled when you've had a horrific year. It's the worst case scenario, isn't it, Tom? Of course, people listening to this will either be agreeing with me or um, going, yeah, but Tom, you know, it's it's a serious situation and we've all got to kind of jump in. And, and that is that is not unfair. That You know, that is a completely fair opinion. And, and I'm not in any way suggesting that it's not a serious situation. So I wanted to just ask, and the reason, as I said at the, at the top of this, why I wanted to talk to you today, Paul, was just, as I say, you've kind of been in, in your home looking after yourself shielding for the best part of the year what's that been like and how have you coped with it it's been up and down i mean i had a heart and lung transplant many years ago now that's the reason why i'm shielding because i'm immunosuppressed it's yeah emotionally it's highs and lows there's no doubts on that the first three months when i was first heard there was going to be shielding i kind of knew it was going to be coming maybe it was that march april time and it was wow this we're actually have to gonna stay in my house for three months. And um, I would say for the first three days, it's totally illogical now looking back on it. We didn't even open the windows in the house. <laughs> That's how scared it was. And it really is mad, isn't it, Tom? I totally yeah, agree. Yeah. But when you're in that situation, you don't know what's gonna happen. And then I started to go out in the garden, which isn't that big, but it's big enough to do a small walk in. Then we got the treadmill, which I now officially hate, which has helped me. But it's kind of the biggest thing was being able to go outside and going outside again in June after nearly three months inside was I felt like I was going into this amazing world that I'd never seen before. But also it was slightly scary. And being near people is quite intimidating now because I don't know. They're a threat to me. 
Yeah. And that yeah. is a really h- horrible way to see people because they're not a threat. And I don't like being like that. But I have to think about my health and also with my girlfriend as well. It's it's draining. It is draining. And when I'm tired, it's much worse. As everyone knows with any mental health issues, that it just it fills your brain and you get irrational thoughts about how long it's going to last. Will we ever get out of it? When will the vaccine come? Thankfully, the vaccine is it, so that's a big plus. But I would advise to anyone, if you're in this situation or struggling with it, don't do keep on talking to people and also find a structure. That's the one thing that really helped me during this process was a structure at the beginning of it, really. And one of the people that really helped me with that was Brian McDermott. I spoke to him, the ex-manager of Redden Football Club, recorded the podcast with him, and he's really nice to me and kept some kind of contact with me and spoke to me how keeper structure was really key for him and how it helped his whole life. And for me, it's been a game changer because I think without that structure, I wouldn't have been able to get through this. And obviously, you've gone gone from that first big lockdown into the second one, and now it looks like we may well have a have a cover we're in this tier three which is a sort of i guess a lockdown in in all but actuality uh, is that stuff you're you're kind of able to carry on is there stuff that you look back on in in the first ones and think actually are you are you actually making changes or are you are you just kind of rolling with it now i think maybe in the first one with hindsight we could have gone out more but the fact is we didn't know what was out there yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it was kind of scary it was this weird world out there that we didn't understand. But when we came out towards the end, we then realized we could actually get to quite an open area quite easily. And Mm -hmm. the probability of getting COVID whilst walking past someone, there is a risk. There is always a risk with these things, but it's very, very small. So I think the problem is with COVID, it's become very, very, it's blown up in your brain. If you're left inside for a house for a long time, everything becomes out of proportion. And your risk factors are just completely off the scale. But actually, I've been going out for months now and I haven't got COVID that I'm aware of. I'm Mm -hmm. obviously very high risk to getting it. But I think that's the big change is that we could have gone out more. And I'm definitely going to continue to go out on this one unless the numbers go completely and utterly crazy, which hopefully they don't, but we don't know, do we? And have you had to have you had to deal with anybody sort of getting close when you when you don't want them to, or, or how have you dealt with that? Because I think that that seems to be to me the biggest thing. How do you how you see people putting on putting out there on either in in talking to them face to face or in the real world or or on or on social media? Old people were all here. There were too many people. All this, and you know, and then getting flack for either trying to deal with it or not understanding that these people might have underlying health issues, which means that they can't wear a mask. Why that means they can't stand two metres away from you, I, I don't know. But, um, you know, how, how have you dealt with that as a, you know, as I say, be, do you just kind of just run away <laughs> almost? You all quite run, but you do kind of move away. Why is the strangest thing is now is walking down the street. And sometimes I do have to move away from people because of the situations you just uh, described there. And they still look at me weirdly. And I do feel like saying there is a pandemic. <laughs> Maybe there is a reason. Something you, you may have heard about it. But the biggest <laughs> issue is actually members of is people I know. And sometimes main culprit being my dad. I'll say this because he doesn't listen to many podcasts. So I'll say <laughs> <it>. <laughs> it's like, 
he doesn't mean so well. He doesn't know he's doing it. And he comes a bit too close and he does go and do some shopping still. And I feel really bad because he is my dad. And it's not that like I don't want him to be near me. So that's a difficult one, Tom, because he doesn't mean ill at all. And the last thing is he wants me to get ill. I fully understand yeah. that. But sometimes he's walked into the house because he wants us <laughs> to know that he's there. And I'm like, Dad, you can't do that. <laughs> And it's natural for him to do that. And that's really hard. And I find that difficult to deal with. So what we do now is just lock the front door so he can't come in. So it's quite <laughs> But he's fine. He, he, he's, you know, he's trying his best. He's 70 something. So, you know, he's getting his age. And, and just, um, I, I guess, just to kind of, just to round off, we will talk briefly about Reading FC before we go, because I think it's unfair not to, uh, if I've got you on here. But what, what recommendation would you give to anyone who is kind of, especially coming up to Christmas, who's looking at perhaps, you know, spending Christmas in a, in a small, in a, in a, in a, not necessarily in a locked room, so to speak, but in a, with a smaller group than usual, um, or perhaps either by themselves or, or with a with a significant other. What what recommendation would you make to them? What's the one thing that they should do? Uh, reach out to people. That is what you really need to do. You need to converse with other people, Zoom, FaceTime, phone call, text. I know you might think it's really hard if you're struggling in that situation. You might think, I don't want to do that. There's too much energy I'm using. But you'll be amazed how much people will help you. This is something I found during this time is there's some amazing people out there. There are some people that are doing silly things and there always will be, but there's also some incredible people out there. You should try to find these positive things in people because there is a lot of them out there. So don't keep it all to yourself. That is what I would say, um, because if you do that, you'll get things out of proportion, which I've definitely done during this time. Um, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's cover a bit of, a bit of Royals news. Um, I'm going to put something to you. Uh, getting back into the Mendeski yourself before the end of the season or a promotion push? A oh, promotion push. Definitely. <laughs> 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 for me by a long, long way. <laughs> Ideally, a playoff final win. <laughs> that would be outstanding. Oh, yeah, I'd love that. Um, is that likely, do you think? Do you think they can do it? Um, if the first team stays fair, yes, which is unlikely. I do fear unless the owner who uh, is a little bit crazy, let's be frank with money, he doesn't really worry about the future. If we spend a little bit of money and get a few players in, yeah, it's possible. We're fifth in the league. It's almost Christmas. So, yeah, it's possible. Um, will it happen? We might just miss out, but I hope I'm totally wrong. It's not the end of the world if they just miss it. From the owner's point of view, of course, it probably would be. But from a fan's point of view, just maybe finishing just outside the playoffs as opposed to battling relegation is probably a, a positive. Is that, is that what the mood's like? Oh, totally. Totally. The mood is so much more upbeat than it has been for the last few years. We look better as a whole team. The results are speaking for themselves. I mean, we lost to Norwich during the week 2-1, but we had major players missing in that game. And... Kind of, I think there's a little bit of context within all performances now that we're putting out, and I think it's very positive. And that's a really lovely thing to be able to say as a Reading fan. Been a long time. I know when we spoke to you at the start of the season, you certainly didn't feel like this. Um, it was, it was very, uh, it was very unhappy. Uh, it just changed the manager and all of that, but it seems to uh, seems to have changed ever so slightly. So that's uh, that's all good news. Um, I guess just to finish off, I was going to ask you, will you be on our Christmas show next week? Yeah, definitely, Tom. 
I'm up for it. I'm going to bring the tin sort. I'm going to have all the booze. I'll be the one making Larry comments. No problem. Excellent. Excellent. Fight outside then. Marvellous. <laughs> Although just two minutes apart, we'll just, that's how I fight anyway. So just throw in a, <laughs> missing, throw in a missing. Um, Paul, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you for uh, a positive message to everybody. And I hope uh, we will see you next week. Yep. Look forward to it. Cheers, Tom. Cheers. The Big Interview. It was a good chat with Paul. Um, all things RFC over Christmas. God knows how many fixtures they've got to try and cram in, but obviously uh, by this time next year, they'll clearly be in the Premier League, continuing their, their good form, having won through the playoffs, I suspect. Lovely day out at Wembley. 40,000 Reading fans. Reading is empty. Everybody's at Wembley. That kind of thing. That would be lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, it's random question time. It's less of a random question, more of a, hmm, fancy it. So here we go. Random question. The random question. Um, have you ever seen a white Christmas? There is only one answer to this. Um, it's clearly... No. 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 When was the last white Christmas in Reading, Hugh? A long time ago. In Bethlehem? I thought you were going to tell us a story then. <laughs> it's going to settle down. So the modern the modern definition of a white Christmas is simply a day a Christmas day where one snowflake falls. Right. So which is not quite what you envisage, is it? No, you don't think. Uh, you look no, at the sky you want a nice you covering. You want a thick covering to the point mm-hmm. at which you can build a snowman, have a snowball get, fight, hear sleigh bells ringing out. in the snow, all that sort of stuff. That has rarely happened. Um, we're looking, arguably, the only ever white Christmas in Reading is a long time ago in bethlehem 1956 <laughs> the holy bible says oh my gosh 1956 1956 so 10 centimeters of snow on christmas day in 1956 oh, since then you've had you say, you say that hugh 19, 1956 hugh you say that but the very caption of one of the stories you sent me this morning says snow in prospect park reading in january 1971 shortly after the white christmas of 1970 now, I'm not one to uh, pick hairs, but... Uh, Awkward. Yes, well, if you read, if you actually read the article I've said... Why would I do that? I've just says, looked at the headline. They were, it said, during a particularly cold spell in 1970, the temperature reached minus 3.9 degrees centigrade. However, just one centimetre of snow fell. So, wow. yes, in the modern definition, it was a white Christmas. However, I don't think in anyone's wildest dreams a centimetre of snow would generate much excitement. Fair enough. So 1956 it is. And I think that is probably, there have been times where it has snowed before Christmas and there has been snow on the ground on Christmas day, but it hasn't actually snowed on the day. So the, um, the key thing it's about has snow falling on the day. Not yes, snow has to fall. Yes. And there, there have been days where there's been sort of sleet and stuff like that uh, more recently, but that, that, we think is the only pro- what you call a proper white Christmas in the last hundred years, which is a bit 
bit depressing, really. I'd even yeah. just take a cold and frosty one, to yeah. be honest. Yeah, yeah. my of memories of Christmas last... Grey and last, damp and muddy. Yeah, the last few Christmases I've either been wet or mild. Yes. Yeah. I'm not dreaming of a mild Christmas. <laughs> that wouldn't sell. Um, there's a great picture in uh, here of snow in Reading in 1930 as well with a, uh, a trolley bus and people out in the snow. It looks great. I don't think that was at Christmas though. That's just that's just a picture of of some snow. Yeah, we've had. Do you remember Tom um, when it snowed and we were all in the office in two thousand and ten? Yeah. Oh. Oh. Two thousand and ten. Everyone, everyone in Reading got stuck in the Oracle. Yeah, yeah that was. A... I was living in Solent Common at the time, and uh, it took me four and a half hours to get to the other side of Caversham <laughs> when I couldn't get up the hill and had to leave my car there. Yeah, <laughs> that was. Um, that was. That was... <laughs> that was bleak. That was one of the more traumatic evenings of my life <laughs> I, I think i'd i think i'd walked home from work that night for some reason i'd just i'd not long been in not long moved into southcote and walked past the beef eater went in for a quick quick half with a with a mate and by the time we came out three three and a half hours later it was thick with snow on the ground it was brilliant less so for the poor people who were struggling back with christmas shopping and all that but you know yeah, in hindsight my decision to decide to leave the office are about half past five that day thinking it can't be as bad as it looks was not one of my best <laughs> i think it took me about two hours to get out of, get out of tessa road <laughs> do you think the thames has ever frozen over at reading oh, i'm sure know. it would have done in, in years gone by but... probably yeah i wonder if anyone's ever skated on the ice skated yeah. on the river thames that would be quite cool i'm gonna google some pictures now <laughs> Right, shall we leave it there, guys? Um, if anybody wants to tell us about snowy Christmases or just frozen Thames, that or even the Kennet, we'd accept a frozen Kennet. You know, we, we're not fussy about our rivers. We've got two of them. We need to love them a little bit more. Um, here's Jeremy with how you can get in touch. Get in touch with the team. Email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at realreadingpod and join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast. Thanks, Jeremy. That's enough for this week. We'll be back next week with plenty more. Um, it is our, it's going to be our Christmas show. Um, fingers crossed it will be lovely and Christmassy and we'll all be feeling very festive. Um, but we'll be back with, with a lot more. We're still looking for people to talk to. Uh, we'll try and get a full slate of interviewees for the new year. Uh, so next week will be our last one for a couple of weeks and then we'll be back. Um, if you want to get in touch, you can do obviously via Twitter and Facebook. Please do. Uh, and if you have a moment, please give us a rating and a review on your podcast app. Um, back next week for, for Christmas. So, bye. 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 You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast.